Yes, guys, welcome to another episode of The Winner's Circle presented by Grande Sports Training, a podcast where we dive deep into the mindsets of professional soccer players. Today's special guest is Joe Funicello, former professional soccer player in Europe, Finland, Sweden, Iceland, England, Italy. He's been all over the map. Joe, how are you doing today? Good, Miguel. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, everything's going great on my end. You know, just enjoying the sunny weather in Miami in the mornings and then in the evenings. It's a. Aren't you guys? Are you guys going back to lockdown? That's what they're saying, but for now, it's we're still in phase one. Everything's still okay. good. People, people are still out and about, like. Yeah, um, that's crazy, man. I heard that Florida's like getting to be like the New York, the Epic Center, Epic Center, whatever. It's yeah, called. I, I saw that too. It's it's planned uh, planned out to be the epicenter for now, yeah, but we'll, we'll see. But how you been? How you been with this whole quarantine thing happening? Um, been um, I mean, it made me kind of hit the reset button on a lot of things because it forced us to kind of close down our company and, and have to start over. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I kind of preach that you have to survive and you have to figure out a way. So that's what I did. And I think an amazing idea came from all this. And we're opening up our development center in Costa Rica. It's just just for 30 top players every transfer window where we go in and they come in and we train them and we market them to clubs every week and they have an opportunity to be in an environment that they don't have in America you know that's amazing no and it's interesting that you say it like that you hit a reset button because I feel like this time was more than anything a time to look inwards rather than outwards and have a, a time for yourself to actually grow yeah you know what I mean so Joe Let's let's rewind back all the way back to when you first started touching a soccer ball, playing with the ball. How was how kid, was it? Like yeah, as a as a kid. Yeah, when you first got introduced to it, who introduced you to it? When did you know you that you fell in love with it? Um, I I don't know. I I my mom introduced me to it. I actually didn't want to play it first because all my friends were were playing baseball. I was like five years old, six years old when I was over here. Uh, but then I played baseball for you and hated it. Like you stand around and don't do nothing. And I was very, I was a type that had to move around. Um, and then just fell in love with it because of how much, how much you can move around and how much you could play. And, and uh, I remember getting my first jersey with my number on the back. And I felt like, oh, this is cool. Because I was such a dreamer, even at that young age, I had such an imagination. Like that was the big thing. I think that's what helped me become a pro. I think a lot of guys talk about, or a lot of people say, you got to be realistic. I hear parents say it now that I coach, like you got to be realistic. And at five years old, I was already unrealistic. Like, I wanted to be a pro. So, uh, as soon as I picked up a soccer ball, I loved it. How was your experience being in that first team environment, like, as a kid? What do you mean? Like, what, I, I didn't know. My parents worked so much. So, I just, you know, they, they brought me there just to have fun. My mom always supported everything I did. She always gave me confidence. I think that was a big factor in why I've been able to be successful because at a young age, she just she just hammered confidence in me. Don't don't worry about it. He's the best player. You could be the best player. Go after him or, you know, like in a positive way. And I think that helped me a lot, you know. Yeah, no. And now as an adult, you realize that. Right. But being a kid in that that moment, you don't you don't really realize you're just like, OK, mom. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like like now that I coach kids like I have we have our youth club, I can't tell you how many parents just tell their kids they're never going to be professionals and like damn like that sucks like why why do you start that already you know like I don't, know. I don't agree with that do you think that plays a huge role in the mentality yes because they're just playing if they're already like I do things because I want to be the best at them right like, yeah that's why that's why I do them I, I do exactly. things and no matter what I do I want to be the best at it so 
if you're already in an environment where you can, someone's telling you you can't be the best at something because the pro level is obviously the pinnacle, right? The best at it. It's going to affect how you go to practice and see the games, even if it's small or, you know, I, I think it does matter. I do. I do. No, I totally agree with you because I think if you're not telling yourself that you're the best, or at least striving to be the best, nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. And then that's the thing. You even see it with like some of these guys. I don't know. I think you have to have that mindset that whatever you're going to do, if you want to be successful in something and you really want to be good at it, you got to have the mindset that I'm going to work every day. So I'm the best at it. That Kobe Bryant mindset, that Michael Jordan mindset, right? Like that's like a, that's like another mindset within that top level mindset. I feel like those guys were next level. Yeah. And, And the worst part is they're all human beings. So you could have that mindset if you have that level of discipline but the problem is not everyone has that level of discipline. <laughs> it's, it's tough to get to that point. Yeah, but if you did, like if you really went outside every day and trained your weak foot for a year, like you could have a ridiculous weak foot. Or if you worked on your weaknesses, but really disciplined enough to go out there and spend the three o'clock morning sessions like Kobe did, you can be a good player, but it's just so hard to do that. Yeah, no, just listening from you right now, explain that. It, it shows me and probably everybody look uh, listening in on this that you have this, drive this is just built inside you you know and and i feel like that's something that you learn along the way and not only do you actually notice it until you're an adult you know what i mean but let's let's get back to where you know you're you're in your first soccer tre- uh team environment when did you start playing competitively eight eight i started playing competitively um travel soccer which <laughs> it's not like it was now the town program was like okay it was good there weren't all these clubs like we have now it was about eight years old I started really getting good at it I loved it loved going to soccer camps I you could tell I was different than the rest by the way I played the game you know eight years old and you said a very important thing you loved it already at that age you loved it yeah that's I why like- I quit. that's why I quit playing as a pro because I stopped loving it right so love is the most important thing yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of these kids, and not, not only kids, but adults, they get into stuff, they don't love it, and then they ask themselves, like, it didn't work out. Why? Because if your heart's not in it, it's not going to work, ever. Yeah, and anything you do, your heart's got to be in it, right? Like, that's just the truth. And a lot of these guys, they, they do it for the wrong reason, so that's why they don't make it. If you really love something, you'll make it. Trust me. You'll make uh, it in any shape or form, you know? For sure, for sure. So, Joe, after you started playing competitively, you, uh, at what age did you realize, like, like, damn, like, I, I actually have a chance in making this? Like, you know, there, there's one thing to dream about it and be like, this is what I want to do, but it's one thing to actually see I, it yeah. making it happen. I always thought I could play professionally, and I think I could have played at a very high level, but, like, my parents worked like crazy just to allow me to play soccer. Like my mom worked so many jobs. My dad, I never saw because he, he had to put food on the table. Um, but I always knew in my head that I could be a pro. Like I'd watch, you know, and I'm sure a lot of guys are like that, but I, I'd watch it on TV and be like, I could do that. The problem was the environments because my parents were never there and it was so political. All my coaches always shot me down. You know, um, even if I had a good game and their kid was the, on the team like they'd use me for 20 minutes to create something and then they sit me right back down so their kid could play so you know even though I always thought I could play professional I think the environment always tried to pull me back from being professional I, I don't remember one youth coach that was like hey you could do it 
you know, and I think that's why I wanted to become a coach so bad is because I, I can't remember one coach that was like, ah, you're good enough to play pro, you know what I mean? And do you think, two things for you, and do you think not having your, your parents as round as, uh, as much, do you think that helped you mature a lot quicker than most kids? No, I think my mom did just an amazing job at, and that sounds so conceited, but I don't mean it to sound conceited, but my mom really humbled me a lot. Like, like she taught me work ethic. She taught me that, okay, he's better than you, but you got to figure out how to be better at it. Or she would tell me I had a shit game the time she could come. And she did it in a way that showed she cared, but she was just being real. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's what tied into my mindset. You know what I mean? What would go through your mind when you would go in, play for 20 minutes, do your job, and then come out? Like, what, Dude, honestly, what, what honestly, you kind of think, like, I'm, I'm, what's going on? Why can't I play longer? Yeah, so I've always been a passionate person, right? And I am a passionate person now. And sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble because of how passionate I am. <laughs> but I would tell the coaches at a young age, like at 15 years old, I would say, what the F are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And that would make it even worse. But the truth was that I hated it. And, and this is why I think I do what I do with scouting and try to change the game is because they knew they were wrong because I wasn't doing anything. I was just being a kid trying to play and they would sit me at the bench. And at that young age, politics comes into it. And I would say what are you doing? You know? And it's funny because all those kids that we played with, they were all good, like really good. You know, we were all like top players, but because my parents weren't there, they would not play me. And the other three that parents were there on the sidelines, they would, but I'm the only one that went pro. I think it had to do, and those guys were good. And I think it had to do with, you put me in the ice box. So I needed to fight my way out, you know, like you created the monster in me. So I kind of thank you for that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. I feel like a lot of players, they learn through experience. Yeah. yeah. And then another way that you can learn that as well is learning through other players' experiences. So, Joe, after, after playing competitively, did you play high school? Did you go to college? What was the next steps? You know, so, years? I went to high school, uh, played as a freshman all four years. High school soccer was actually decent there because it wasn't a stupid USDA, so all the players were, like, there. Um, did well. I... I I could have went to college. My GPA sucked. I wasn't big in school. I, I hated going to school. I would get like grades fourth quarter, like every year so that I could play the, the start of the school year, just so I could play high school. Hated school. Um, and then uh, Giovanni Savarese, who's the coach of Portland Timbers, uh, he gave me a chance to go in with the Metro Stars and play with them out of high school. Um, so I got a taste of the program right away out of high school. And, that's and how, how did, how did you get that? How did, did they see you play? Did you? Yeah. Play? So Gio, Gio came in, spoke to me at my parents' restaurant, thought I could make the jump to the pro game. He was the youth director at the Metro stars who are now the Red Bulls. I trained with the team, played games with the team, did well. And they signed me to a youth contract, um, which was no money, like nothing back then, uh, played and trained with the first team, played with the reserves, um, yeah, and that's what happened. And and then I got released after six months when they cleaned house and became the Red Bulls. And how was that jump in level and competition, you know, playing from high school and, you know, locally to the pro level? Like, what was your first thought? I don't know. I'm a very confident person. And, like, I lost that confidence as a pro for some reason, like, later in my career. And I think that's – it sucks because one of my coaches put me in the freezer later in my career, which we can talk about. But confidence is everything. So coming out of high school, I just knew I could – like, I, I felt this. So you knew level, you could keep up. Yeah, I knew I could keep up. So the level was diff obviously different. There were players like Jerk IF there, Mondo Guerrera, Seth Stamler, Tony uh, – uh, John Conway. Tony Miller might have been there as well. 
Um, but I always was confident in my abilities. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, to be honest, Marvell Wynn was there, who was a first round draft pick from UCLA. And I was nervous, like, oh, he's the best player, like he's first round pick. And he wasn't good at all. He's just an athlete. So I was like, oh, I could do this. I could, I could kill it here, you know. And, you know, going along that process, Joe, playing for six months, being in that first team environment, how do you feel you developed as a, as a now professional player? I think it taught me the bullshit of the game right away. It taught me the industry is not about who's the most talented. It's about other things, political things. Back then, college was a big thing, so they took college players, you know. And, if, you know, like there was a Brazilian guy who came in on trial with us. This guy was, I mean, he was from like just moved from Brazil. And Gio Savarese actually got him there because Gio's actually a good guy. Like he fights a good fight. I don't I haven't spoken to him in so long, but he was a guy that fought a good fight back then. So he brought this inner city kid who just moved from Brazil to train with us, who was a Metro star. Miguel, he destroyed Chicago Fire. Like, I mean, he was doing things that was ridiculous. Brazilian kid, and they let him go. Where I felt like, let me go, because like <laughs> this kid's a lot better than me. You know what I mean? But that was that's when I started to realize it's like, oh, it's bullshit. You know, and, and, and then when I got released, I realized that. And then I went to combines, and I realized, oh, this has nothing to do with my skill set. It's like I have to fit into that bubble. And if I don't fit into that bubble, I'm not going to get a chance, you know? So after you got released, you're obviously still looking to, to play. You're still looking to be in the professional game. What were your next steps? What did you do? How did you get there? I went to every combine you can think of. I mean, you named the combine. I went to it. I would, I would get on a train for two days to go across the country to a combine. I'd take a Greyhound. I would save up money by working at a, at a clothing store. So I, had a, I always had a soccer account. You know, I always had a soccer account. Because that, that was – I spent all my money on my dream. I spent all of it, all my money in my dream. People are like, you're crazy. No, because like, that was like my school. That was my education. So I paid for my education that now makes me successful in the sport. Makes sense? So yeah, I went to every combine and nothing happened. I met a guy in Atlanta, moved to England, uh, played in the lowest of lowest divisions, learned about the industry more, and kind of found my path, you know? How did you, how did you get that jump to England? There's a guy at the Atlanta Silverbacks uh, Combine. They were in the USL at the time, who was Atlanta United now, or they might still be around Atlanta Silverbacks. I'm not sure. As like an MPSL team. But I uh, met this English guy who thought I could play pro in England. He, he said, can you come over to England? I'll talk to my agent for you. And <laughs> I was like, of course. I was 19 years old. I was like, definitely, I'll come. So I booked a one-way ticket to England. Didn't know anyone in England. My parents thought I was crazy. Got on a plane to England, get there. No one's there to pick me up at the airport. This guy, he was a good guy, um, but he wasn't an agent. He didn't have an agent. He wanted to be an agent because he was coming towards the end of his career. It was a circus, but I ended up staying because I was like, what am I going to do? Go back and play uh, um, men's league or am I going to play um, PDL? Like for the Brooklyn Knights, like no scouts come to those games. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be in a country where – something can happen. Maybe I get promoted or I get scouted. Like so many guys play like MPSL and it's like, it's like, why? Like if you're really serious about playing pro, wouldn't you rather be in an environment where something can happen, like getting promoted or getting seen? Like you're not getting promoted in MPSL. And I promise you it's a great league for videos and games, but no one's coming to those games. You know what I mean? And you said that you did that at 19. And I feel like that's such a prime age to just risk it. And that's what you did. 
I feel that a lot of these players nowadays, they don't have that mentality, that heart to just risk it, to take that jump. Because at that young age, you can risk it, and if nothing works out, you can come back. It's not like when you're 25, you have all these responsibilities. You can't just get up and go. You know, yeah, I mean, if you're a soldier, if you're a grind, if you're someone that makes shit happen, you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. That's what these like, like, I listen. Our company went and shut down because of coronavirus. I was delivering groceries, and people were like, "Yeah, I was delivering groceries. I was making, I made ten grand in two months delivering groceries. I, I worked from eight a.m. to eleven p.m. Now I'm talking about during the coronavirus. I had a huge company." But who, who you think I'm? I'm not scared to get out there and, and deliver growth. Like that's my mindset, and these guys don't have that mindset anymore. People don't have that mindset. Yo, by any means, I'm gonna make it. And if it's not as a pro player, I'm gonna make it as a pro coach. If it's not a pro coach, I'm gonna make it as a pro general manager. I'm gonna learn along the way because I'm not scared to take that jump, and I'm gonna be successful. But a lot of dudes are scared, and they're not. If you're not willing to invest in your dream not even financially, just sacrifices. Is it really your dream? Mm. I'm saying like you invest in a relationship like a girl, right? And this is something I always say, like you invest in a girl so you can get married and have that. So you, you sacrifice maybe soccer, other girls or whatever, so that you can get married. That's part of it. Or you can have, you know, it's the same in soccer. You got to sacrifice your friends and the normal life and money and peers for being successful in the industry. But consistently, you know what I'm saying? Like a marriage, is consistent. Well, you got to be married to the game. And that's the truth. Exactly. That's 100% the truth. You can't just show up one day and then the next you're just like, ah, not today. Yeah, exactly. It be every day. <laughs> so that grinding mindset, Joe, how do you how do you think you got that? It was just always in you. It was always in you as a kid, but was there were there, were there any experiences throughout your life that you could say like, yeah, yeah, I could tell you exactly what it is. You want to laugh? I wanna, I wanna, I wanna know. Yes, we, want, we all wanna know. It's movies. What do you mean? By what? I got my confidence and my belief from movies. I was a, I'm still a big believer. Like, I'm a, I have such an imagination. Like, and people make fun of me about it, but I used to watch movies and really think I could be that person in a movie. And that <laughs> style is relaxed. Sorry about that, it's my dog. But I would really watch Rocky and feel like I could be Rocky. I could be a pro boxer. I could really watch uh, some corny love movie and feel like, oh, I'm going to get married to that type of girl or do that. Like, I'm a big, I have a huge imagination and um, I still do now. So I maybe it's called putting things into the universe that you really care about. I don't know. But movies played a big part in that because my parents were never home. So I'd watch movies and see the good guy or the guy that was an underdog. I'm like, I'm going to be that. So I know that sounds funny and crazy, but that's, I think, at a young age where I got it from. And hey, if it, it worked out, it worked <laughs> out, now it works. You know, if you, I feel like we live in a world that there's just so much negativity and people and things pushing you down that, again, if you're not the only one holding yourself up or picking yourself up, you're just going to be laid out flat for as long as you decide to be laid out flat. Yeah, and it's you. It's Listen, nobody's going to support you. So I, I hope, like... If I could give anyone any advice about like mindsets and getting forward, like no one's ever going to have your mindset. No one's ever going to go in your head and believe the things you believe or see the things that you see. And your, 
you're on this road, honestly, and I say road, I mean life by yourself because you can only see through your eyes and, and that's, you can only see through your eyes. And that's the hardest thing to understand because you, when people don't believe in you or people, it, play, it messes with your mind. So you got to be really mentally strong to understand, well, I don't need anybody. And if you're not with me, then I'm still going to ride by myself and I'm going to make this happen. I've lost friends, I've lost girls, I've lost family members, I've lost employees. I've, I've lost so much, you know, and I think that's why you see us winning. Do you ever regret any of the decisions you've made? No, because I think there were lessons learned. I do regret how some situations turned out because I had good relationships with people. Um, I, I do. I don't regret. I I regret my mindset as a pro late in my career. And I so think as I get as I get older, I'll regret that mindset more and more. So after you get to England, nobody's there to pick you up. What happens? What's going through your mind? Like detail by detail, if you can, if you remember, what's going through your mind? Like, were you thinking in England? That in England, uh, two things went through my mind. I, mean, I was still young, so when I was in England, I was like, "Well, I'm still in a country where something could happen." Um, the sucky part was how much I worked. I used to work like two jobs and like just to make ends meet to live there. I mean, I used to work the night shift at a at a clothing store, taking boxes off trucks, just to like twelve o'clock at night to six in the morning. And then as soon as the sick got out at six in the morning. I had to run over to a gym and be the receptionist. So that part used to mess with me because I was so drained. And then I had to go to practice. Like, you know, like they only practice three times a week, but I had to go. So that was hard part. But I always just was like, oh, I'll make it. I don't know. I just had this feeling that I would make it. Like, I don't know. It was it's weird. Like, I always believed in myself so much that I would do it some way or another. And I didn't make millions off it, but I, I made good money off it, you know? It's like you get in some sort of zone, right? And you're just like tunnel vision all the way. And that's it. Yeah, that's what I, I want. And I'm going to get it. I think it's rare, but it sounds corny. And like, but it's the truth. Like you see all these successful people do it and they do it in levels. So I did it at a certain level. Guys like Kobe did it at an even higher level, right? Guys like Jordan did it at an even higher level. But I was at a level where I, I don't know. I just thought I would that's do it. it. Yeah. I guess it's called tunnel vision. So after, you know, working those jobs, training what was uh when did you get that other professional contract well i i ended up jonathan barajo who played for like red bulls was captain of miami fc captain of san antonio scorpions good guy johnny's an amazing guy one of my good friends that we played on the metro star he would he played on the youth team so when i dropped down to play with the youth team when i was with the red bulls he was there and we became friends he had just graduated george mason university and uh Real Maryland in the USL was becoming a team and he was going to be the captain. So he knew I was in England grinding, trying to make a living. Um, and he called me and he's like, Joe, I'm going to be the captain. Let me put in a good word for you with the coach who's Anthony Hudson, who now coaches was the Colorado Rapids last coach. I don't know who, I think he got a job somewhere. I'm not sure. But anyway, long story short, he goes, can you, you know, they're looking for a center back. And I, I love playing center back. You know, I was a defensive midfielder slash center back. I think I was really good at it. I could win balls. I was tackling. I'm vocal. I'm passionate. I know how to balance the game. I read the game well, I think. So I know, I think that, I really think I, I was, that was my position. I ended up playing left back my whole career, but I could put been a center back or defensive midfielder. Maybe not a defensive midfielder because I was too slow, but center back. And when I mean slow, I mean on the ball. I was quick, but I was slow on the ball. But center back for sure. 
So he said, can you come? So I left everything in England. Miguel, to this day, I don't know what happened to my stuff in England. Like two years in England, I left my apartment, my shoes, my TV, my job, my rent, everything in England. To this day, I don't know what happened. I was like, All right, I'm going to go to Rio Maryland and I'm going to make it. Like, that's what I said. That's insane. That's so insane. I got, yeah, and I got there and I killed it. We played two games and he's like, oh, Joe, Giuseppe, he called me. You did really well, but you're too small as a center back. And I'm just like, man, <laughs> but I killed it. You said I killed it. And he was just like, you're too small for a center back, which broke my heart. But I ended up just saying to my boy, Johnny, let me sleep on your couch. I'm going to try to convince this coach to let me train. And he let me train and the team didn't do well. And um, I slept on my boy's couch and didn't make any money. So the team wasn't doing well. They offered me the contract. You know the story. They offered me zero money. But I played that whole year in USL and killed it. We got to the semifinals, and that kind of helped my career get to the next level. I was respected in the USL after that, you know. But that that's so interesting. Again, another experience in your life. You just got up, left, took a big leap, not knowing where you're going, not knowing what's going to happen, but you just took the leap. But that just shows me how much self-confidence you had in yourself because by any means, you're going to make it work somehow, some way. Whether yeah. it was the way you wanted it, or if it's some other way, but you're going to make it work no matter what. That's the mindset you got to have, though. I mean, and it's, it sounds corny maybe, but like everyone says it, you got to be like, you got to be that tunnel vision. But it's true. Like, and so many people can talk about it, but to actually be about it is hard. It's hard, Miguel. It's hard. And I'm not about it all the way. Like, like again, there's levels to it. I have this level. I think if I could add a higher level, I'd be doing that at an even higher level, you know? But you got you to gotta really – you got to really not care and go after what you want. Simple. After that season with Real Maryland, you said you got interest from other USL clubs? Uh, no, I got offered. So I, I made zero money at Real Maryland in the USL, right? So listen to this. If you're, if, you're, if you're watching, I made zero money at USL. We got to a USL um, semifinal. I killed it, played every game. I was one of the leaders on the team. So new year, my girl's down there. I'm living with my girl. New year, how much did they offer me? Everyone knows they came back and offered me 200 a month when people are making 1000 and 1500 <laughs> a month. That's a slap so, in the face. Oh, dude, it broke my heart. Like, I'm out there every game for you, busting your ass for zero money, sleeping on my boy's couch, and you go and offer me 200 bucks a month. Yeah, like, that shit broke my heart because I went back. So, that so I didn't take the contract, but I kept going in preseason hoping they would offer me more, and they didn't. And one game, I was just like, fucking him out. And I left during halftime of the game. And that was it. I left Real Maryland. And I went back to Connecticut making pizzas at my parents' restaurant. And a guy happened to walk in who was from Iceland. And his brother was the director of a team in Iceland. I spoke to him. I had video and gave it to him. They flew me out. And I signed a contract for 300 bucks a month, which was, you know, I was in Europe making 300 bucks a month. Then I got transferred. I mean, there's... Yeah, you know, it gets crazy, you know. Would you would you say that kind of like was the moment where you're just like, now th this is my this is my time for real now. When you when, got that, when you got flown out, when you got flown out to Iceland. So here's my mindset, and I think a lot of guys have to understand this mindset. Even though I knew I could play at the top level, my mindset was just to be in an environment where I could succeed and be the best at that environment where a lot of guys are thinking for the next move, next move, next move, next move, next move. I need to be here. 
But the reality is, and I think the players that, and, and this is where later in my career it hurt me. So if anyone's listening to this, I could give you some advice. Whatever environment you're in, be the best in that environment before you move on. Master that environment before you move on. That's in business too, right? Don't go off and start all these different businesses until you master one. And that's what I did later in my career. So a lot of guys, like, they'll go to, like, USL 1, and they're like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. I get it because USL, you want to get out of there. But be, make sure when you leave, you were the best. Like, you know you were the man at that club. You, you could – it was time for you to move on because you were so much higher than everyone. So basically just own the present moment. Just own the present it. moment. Your goal should be to be the best player that season. And so many players are like, oh, well, the coach – no, don't – you got to go there and be the best player or try. That should be your goal. Again, it goes back to being the best, right? Even yeah. though it might be hard, but that should be your mindset. If you do that, the right things are open for you. Yeah, I feel like if you're able to at least strive to be the best in your environment that you're currently in, it's just going to teach you so much about yourself. Yeah. Which eventually can help you maybe later down the road with the next club or the next season or the next week. The next match. Yeah, and that's where I, as my career, so I, and that's something I regret, right? Because I went to EF Komeriham after Iceland, and that was a big club, and I killed it as a newcomer. Oh, my God, I had that mindset. Like, as a newcomer, I came in and killed it. And then the contract got bigger, and I felt entitled. And you're never entitled to anything in the game. If Kaká goes to Real Madrid and sits the bench, then you can't be entitled to something. Do you get what I'm saying to you? I right? get you. I get you. So, and I didn't realize that, so I became like a big shot. And then when I wasn't playing, I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I became a follower instead of what got me to the top level. So that's what I regret. And then I started blaming the coach. Or I started doing, but the reality is, I should have kept my mouth shut. And even though I felt the coach was fucking me, just be the best player. So he can't every week be the best player. And when it was time to move on, do it. And do you think you had that shift in mindset because the paycheck was bigger or because you were just like in a bigger yeah. team and you're just like, I got it. I think subconsciously, I didn't even know it was happening, but yeah, because my paycheck was bigger and everything was better. You know, I went from flipping pizzas to working two jobs to coming home and buying a Hummer in the off season because I was making good money. And unfortunately, subcon I didn't know it was happening, but it was, I became complacent. Um, and, and I did, again, I quit the game because of the bullshit in it, but I think I could have played a lot longer at a higher level if I would have just kept that hunger, you know, and I got the, this is why the universe is crazy and it teaches you shit. Cause when I got that hunger back, I got injured and I mean a bad injury. So I felt like that was the way the universe was like, Oh, now, Oh, now you want to act right again. Oh, well, here's another setback for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Do you think that having a lack of maybe, let's say, mentorship in that, in that sense uh, affected you? Like, you know, you know, people tell you, yeah, have this, have this mindset. You can do whatever you want. You can make it, blah, blah, blah. But then when you're actually there, I feel like now you got to adjust to the whole situation, right? Because like you said, the money starts coming in. Uh, the competition is different. The, the treatment is different, et cetera. And you kind of have to have the mindset level at all times you, need Ment you mean like having a mentor like some sort of mentorship or some sort of guidance yeah i never had one i never had a coach that to this day 
had some good like good coaches that were good people, but no one ever. And that's why I want to be a coach. I can't wait to start. Sir Alex Ferguson is my favorite because I think he built a culture and I want to build that. I can't wait to own our own professional team. It's going to happen. I'm going to be the sporting director, coach, owner, all that stuff. <laughs> People are going to laugh at me, but I am. But I want to be able to put my arm around players and get the most out of them because teams win championships. And I think being that mentor is so important because I never had it. So I think that's why, yes, I think not having a mentor hurt me a lot because when I was at my prime at 23 to 25 years old, when I was balling and playing well, I should have had, I wish I had someone to just tell me, keep your mouth shut and keep balling. Don't worry about the next move or the paycheck. Worry about what got you here. And what got you here was that hunger that didn't have a price tag, that hunger that, that you just wanted to go out every day and be the best you could be, you know, and I didn't have that, you know, but again, that's my own mistake too, because I'm a grown man and I should, understand that you know and you see you see that with professional players nowadays too the young the young players that come in signing big contracts already and sometimes you know they stay there but sometimes they start declining like at 20 years old you're already making millions yeah. you know if you don't have the right guidance you start just declining that's why that's why most of the top i mean lebron's different like lebron was different he came out of high school but like messi's different because messi was just like a baller but a lot of the players that emerge, they're the guys that you don't hear about because they kept that mindset when things started getting bigger. They stayed in the moment and they just kept working, working, working. You know, fortunately, I can raise my hand. I'm not afraid to say that. I let the moment get to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not afraid to say it because I want to give guys that advice I didn't have. So, like, please live in the moment. Live in it. Please be the best player be focused, be disciplined, please, please. So after Joe, when you got that mindset back, you started balling out again, you get injured. What went through your mind in that very moment? When I got injured? Yes. Um, all right, truthfully, I mean, not a lot of people know this, but I signed for VPS, good contract. Um, I got injured. And the reason why I signed, I begged my coach and sporting director to let me go. If anyone knows the story, I was like the captain to the EFCO team, I was captain, was the guy in the locker room that I, I was like, you know, the go-to guy. And um, me and the coach had a miscommunication due to the language barrier, I think, in the environment, not the environment, the culture. I think we had a language barrier. So he took something that I said the wrong way and he put me in the freezer and I didn't play that whole season in 2011 after coming off an amazing season. And again, I fell off, but then and it's wrong to say this, but I was a pretty good teammate. And not wrong to say it, but it sounds conceited. But I was a good teammate. So my teammates would go in and ask for me to get transferred because they wanted to see me do well because I, I was, you know, he kept me in the freezer for the wrong reasons. When I went to VPS and got injured, I was so happy that the club gave me a chance that I refused my paychecks for two months when I got hurt. Think about that shit. Yeah. I Because here's what I thought. Like, here's a club that before I came to VPS, I was in the freezer. But the year before that, I was one of the top players in the league or newcomers in the league. So if I go to VPS, I'm so I want to do the right thing because I'm passionate. So I'm so thankful that you gave me this chance. But I got injured. And every week, Miguel, I was training. Like, even though I couldn't, I needed surgery, I would be doing abs or something to show them, like, I'm here. And when it was time to give me my paycheck, I said, Nah, and um, don't do this. I recommend you guys not to do this shit. But like, I I refused my paycheck, and I thought that they would see that as wow, this guy loves the game for the right reasons, and they didn't offer me a contract extension. Oh man, and I was like, damn, and I was hurt by that, and that's kind of when things started going. I was like, things started getting shaky after that. 
Yeah, I just didn't have the love. I didn't have the love once I came back to be like, I'm going to be the best player. I felt like the game fucked me, even though that's how it works. And I think you have to understand the game does fuck you. And the game does, the game doesn't care about you. You know, you got to care about yourself. You know what I mean? And I think when I learned that, I was like, forget it, you know? Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. I hear all these young players, maybe, you know, 14, 15, 16, they want to be professionals. And that's fantastic. Have that dream. But they also need to understand that they're jumping into the lion's den. Like it's it's maintaining a certain level of of passion, of quality, of of discipline, of consistency, day in, day out. And then it's not only on the field; it's also off the field. Would you agree? One hundred percent. It's a jungle. So after Joe, you went back to Iceland. Yeah. And. How was your last season? What would you say you learned from the first day at the Metro Stars to your last season throughout your whole professional career? What was the number one thing that you learned? Well, I went back to Iceland and I hated that I had to take a step back, right? Again, here's me thinking the game owed me something. So I didn't really go there and be the best player again in the environment. I went there and if I sat the bench, I sat the bench. If I... I just didn't care anymore, and it was it was wrong. But I caught another break. Listen to this. So I caught another break because my boy Hendrick got me back to the Finnish Premier League. I didn't deserve to go there because I didn't have this, you know, but they were looking for a left back. My boy Hendrick was the captain. He's like, hey, Yarrow's going to come, you know. So Yarrow came in for me back in the Finnish Premier League. They were fourth in the Finnish Premier League. And I got there, and I had a great start assist two assists on my debut and I just didn't like the way the coach I, I thought the coach was an amazing coach in terms of the way he taught the game but I the political side of like who he named captain to how he ran the locker room I just didn't agree with and there were some incidents that happened that made me say fuck this this isn't right and that's when I decided to retire I was just like I don't love this anymore um, no one the game doesn't care about my grind so I don't care about the game again and my imagination, right? I always have that imagination. There's a song by Eminem called 25 to Life. Have you ever heard that song? Probably have, yes. Well, if you get a chance, and that's how I felt about the soccer game, right? So I, Eminem came out with that song, 25 to Life, and I was like, this is how I feel, and I want to walk away, and, and I want to change the game in a different way. That's how I did. And just going back to my question, so what was the n- what, number one thing that you learned from the first day at the Metro Stars to the day that you decided I don't – I don't want to play no more. So my, let's talk about three things I learned. One is the game doesn't care about you. So don't, don't think that you're ever ahead. You know, you could be at top of the world and you could drop just as fast. And that doesn't just go for soccer. That goes for the world. So live every day. Like you've got to grind, like you're in last place and you got to get to first place. So that's the first thing. The game doesn't care about you. And I'm talking about the game of life. Like it does not care about you. The people that are close to you, they're not always going to be there. They're not going to think like you. The teams that you thought you balled for, you're just a number to them. And when your time is up, that's when they'll get rid of you. So I learned that. that no one really cares about your grinder, except you have to. Hmm. Second thing is living in the moment. Master something. Be very good at it so they can't deny you. And um, that's how you're going to reach the next level. You know, if you try to jump too soon because you feel like, oh, I could get – you try to find the easy road. Um, it, it might work right then and there, but it won't work over time. So you have to, you have to master it first. And, and the third thing is just 
believe in yourself like crazy. <laughs> That's those are the three things. So Joe, after you retired, you wanted to change the game in a different way. What did uh what came through your mind? How did you want to change that game? The game? Uh, I just saw a lot of guys in the professional game that I felt should never be there. Guys that were making good money that would come to practice and I'd be like, how are you making it? And I'd be on the team with them making money too. And I'd be like, this guy, there's guys in America, guys off the streets that could kill these guys. And these guys are happy just having a number on their back and being Instagram models or Facebook models back then and sitting on the bench and saying, I play for a team. So I wanted to say, well, let's go find the guys like me that have that hunger who or like I had the hunger and let's put them in front of professional clubs. And let's say, Hey, notice these guys because they're they're gonna they have nothing and they're gonna play with their heart and these are the type of guys you want and that's how soccer visa came about soccer visa is for the underdog the guy that doesn't have anything and my goal is not only to get them scouted but to educate them to keep that hunger and go somewhere and master it you know like go so now with soccer visa how long have you how long has it been since you started the company eight almost nine years and you've just been grinding ever since, huh? Yeah. Exact way as, as as you did when you were a player. Yeah, I started it as a player when I got my second term in Iceland. I didn't start it. I mean, I wrote down the ideas of what I wanted to do. Yeah, and I've I've had friend, I've lost friends because of this company. I've hired people that I thought were close that weren't, or I've I've lost time. I've I've lost relationships. I've lost so many things that I can't get back. But that's why I succeed, I think, at it, you know? That's why I'm good at it. I Life go down, moves on. Life moves yeah. on. It always down. moves on. Yeah, they go down the road no one wants to go down. When relationships get cut or experiences that you go through, you know, pass by, it's just, that's just another chapter in your life. And it's like you said at the beginning, it's either a lesson learned or, you know, step forward. It's but. true. I mean, you're going to lose people. I, and I'm, to be honest, I was, I'm still scared to lose people because I have a big heart. Uh, I, I think and I'm passionate. So, but you're going to lose people and you got to teach yourself how to be okay with losing people. And cause no, not everyone's going to see your dream or your road, you know, nobody's going to see it the way you see it. Never, man. <laughs> never. Man. I, I, they never will see it the way you see it. And that's okay. You know, but you got to be okay with that. That's something I fight with every day, you know? You know, I, I like even like if a player, if a player doesn't get somewhere and I think he should, like, I'm so, it, it hurts me, you know, that's just who I am. So, but you have to understand this is how it works sometimes. You know, you can't save every player. You can't get every player signed. You can't, you know, you have to understand that and keep moving forward. Exactly. So now, Joe, what is Joe doing today with Soccer Visa? What's Joe doing today with Soccer Visa? Soccer Visa has evolved for like probably the fifth, sixth time. Uh, but yeah, we're just opening up our own development center where guys that are 16 to 26, 27 years old will have an opportunity to come in, train every day, um, play games against professional teams, and we fly scouts out every week to watch them. There, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 27, there's a level for you. You could be 27, get a contract in Australia or Malta or somewhere like that. So um, we're not going to do combines anymore. Why? Because I want the best players and I want them for 90 days where I can develop them and put them in front of more eyes. So that's what we're doing. And then after that, I will own my own team. And you'll see us in CONCACAF Champions League in five to eight years. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, thank you. But just to wrap things up, I have two questions for you. Number one, what is your definition of being a winner? I think you mentioned it over and over, 
throughout our conversation, but. What's my definition of being a winner? Um, uh, being a winner is understanding that you don't win all the time, but having the mindset to get back those losses by learning from them. Um, I think that's what being a winner is. You're going to win if you know how to, well, you got to compete always. You should always be competing and giving your best, but learning from every loss so that you can know how to win. Love it. And if you could, what advice would you give to a 13-year-old Joe? 13-year-old Joe. If I could give any advice to a 13-year-old Joe, fuck this USDA playing for a pro academy. I'm being honest. If I could give a 13-year-old my advice, one, if you have to stay in America and you don't, your parents won't send you abroad to a program or soccer full-time environment, forget playing for Red Bulls or LA Galaxy or a top college. Be in an environment where the, your coach is going to get the most out of you and you're going to improve because 98.9% of those top players don't get contracts. 98.9. It might even be more. Okay. So as a player, what's important is just being in an environment where people want to make you better. And it's hard to find those coaches, you know? So if I can yeah. give anybody that advice, I try to give that to parents, but they don't see it that way. Cause you know, love it. Love it. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time. Guys. Remember this is the winner circle a podcast where we dive deep into the mindset of professional soccer players. Joe, it was awesome hearing your story. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to tell it to us. Oh, Miguel, thank you so much, and, and I wish you the best, all right? All right, thank you. Until the next one, guys.